Welcome back to another week of the Big Blue Saloon, the football podcast that does not let the facts get in the way of good humor. I am Peter Storm. I am joined by the less angry D-man, Eric Diamond, and the man with the golden voice, Brett Merker. How are you guys doing after a shocking Sunday of football? D-man, I assume you're a little less angry? I was less angry, but then I became angry again because Comcast took away MSG. They, oh. they don't have an agreement, so... Next season's about to start, and uh, I'm not going to be able to watch it. Oh, that's, you should change cable. I automatically would change cable in that situation. I don't even have a choice, I don't think. There's always a choice. There's always there, a choice. There is always a choice. Like me, I have DirecTV. We are good to go. I have the NBA uh, package. I can watch the Golden State Warriors versus the New Orleans Pelicans if I want. <laughs> uh, it is I, awesome. Well, yeah, I think your best moments are when you watch the Cleveland Cavaliers versus Detroit Pistons. Oh, yeah, those are great games. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I am also uh, – I actually have not been that angry. I've been kind of uh, strangely positive these these last three weeks. Uh, I've been getting calls from friends who, who don't understand uh, what I'm talking about and, and think that I've been switched out for another human being because I'm so positive lately about the Jets. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to share some positivity today with you. Uh, a lot of good things I saw last week and looking forward to chatting about it. Yeah. Well, wh- wh- why wait? I mean, the man that the Nemo calls a great talent, you're the one, you know, you start talking about the Jets stunning 27 to 24 victory over the Titans who better than to uh, give us their views on the game than the golden voice, Brett Merker. Go ahead. Merker. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Yeah. What, what an unbelievable game. Um, you know, let's start with the obvious, as I stated in the uh, you know, the recap of the game on the big blue saloon, Facebook page. Again, very well written. Very well. Uh, written. Thank you very much. I mean, it's a lot easier. Honestly, this was an easier one to write. Cause I was in a really good mood because they look good. Um, but I wanted to address again, cause it, listen, um, Tennessee had a weakened wide receiver unit, obviously without AJ Brown and, and Julio Jones, uh, in the game. So I, I get it. Jets fans get it. Uh, they were down their two biggest playmakers. So you knew the Jets had a shot. Uh, but still as a Jets fan, I didn't even pick them to win. I, I picked Tennessee to win, but I saw a lot of things that I was really excited about. I'm actually going to start on defense uh, the, the obvious was, was Zach Wilson, of course, we'll talk about that in a minute, but defense is what I am not only impressed with, but shocked. Um, and, and you're starting to see, uh, the Robert Sala fingerprints all over this defense. And while I've been a proponent for years of the jets stopping, uh, you know, n- not hiring defensive head coaches, let's get somebody that's creative on offense. We've been such a boring, crappy offensive team for so many years, uh, I'm feeling really good. Let me let me share a couple things with you from that game. Um, the defense, uh, they are moving uh, their players all over the field. They're disguising their, their schemes. Uh, Bryce Hall has become a really, really exciting player for the Jets. His, his arrow is pointing way up. Um, I watched him. I kept an eye on him, you know, through most of the game, and they're moving him all over the place. They drop him in coverage. He's blitzing. He's playing, uh, you know, almost linebacker. He's all over the place. He is their absolute playmaker, certainly with Marcus May out. Um, the, the defensive line of Quinn and Williams, Bryce Hoff, John Franklin Myers, who, who just agreed today to a contract extension. Thank you, Seth Kaplan, for breaking that. 
Uh, this, and, then, and, and then thank you, Neil Martucci, for telling you he sounds like a serial killer. He does. That's a very good call. That name sounds like a serial killer. But this defensive line is playing extremely well. And then you have C.J. Mosley, um, who obviously was out two years ago with an injury and then took last year off because of COVID. Uh, and Quincy Williams, Quinnen Williams' brother, um, who was signed when Jared Davis uh, was knocked out for the year in preseason. They each had seven tackles. They're flying all over the field. Um, and the reason that we're getting all these tackles and, and by the way, seven team sacks uh, is because we're getting creative with our blitzes. Um, so I am really excited about it. I want to start with you, Pete. Um, we'll talk about the offense in a minute, um, but I, I want to hear your thoughts on this defense, what you saw. Um, you know, they have a lot of no-name players, which I'm going to actually cover in a second. But what, what are your thoughts on this defense? Yeah, I mean – it was a tough one because the Giants and Jets were playing at the same time. So I had to go back and watch the Jet game after the Giant game. And, yeah, I mean, you, you hit on it. I mean, I, the guy, Quincy Williams, actually, I just stuck out to me. He was all over the field. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know, Salah, yeah, you made a point. I couldn't name five players on the Jets' defense if I wasn't doing this podcast, maybe even two, to be honest with you. I mean, it's a no-name defense. They hustle. They're playing all over the ball. I mean, the only the only thing I would nitpick at about a little bit was that um, the number of uh, fourth down and third and fourth down, third and fourth and long conversions that Ryan Tannehill got. Yeah. Um, but, you know, those teams are using their best plays. Yeah. I mean, 17 sacks. I think the Giants have four. So, I mean, you know, rushing the pen when you when you have a questionable secondary, you help them by rushing, rushing the passer. And. I mean, listen. I mean, let's be honest. The the Texans, the, the Titans, still scored twenty four points. Derrick Henry yes. still had a good game, but yeah, I mean that defense is hustling all over the place. I mean, when I was watching, the name uh, Quincy Williams did stick out to me, and he was all over the field. So yeah, he was. Kudos, a, kudos was to a, Robert Sala and the Jets. I mean, you know, I didn't think they had a chance to win that game, and 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 they did. And and I'm glad to be sitting here talking about these teams at one and three instead of zero and four. And and delaying the tankathon stuff. So yeah, I mean, Robert Sala is is is, is got the team hustling. The hound, yeah. the hound is questionable, but he, you know, they're hustling. They're playing hard. They are playing hard. Yeah, Quincy Williams has been a really nice bright spot, especially because they got him, you know, off the waivers, uh, waiver wire, and you know, obviously being there with his brother Quinnen is is a nice story. He's been playing really hard. He's playing for a contract for, he's playing for his life, you know, for his his NFL career, and and it shows. Um, you know, but the 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 defensive schemes are putting these guys uh, in the right places. Um, you know, the the most tackles this season that have held the ball carrier short of the first down marker and to a gain of four yards or less among linebackers. Let me tell you the first two: Bobby Wagner, unbelievable linebacker, obviously; Eric Kendricks, another unbelievable linebacker, and tied for second, C.J. Mosley. Uh, this is what we wanted out of C.J. Mosley when we signed him. Obviously, we wanted Carl Lawson to be here, uh, but he's out for the season. But, um, you know, you're starting to see some of these players that you, you, you know, you were hoping were going to break out. Quinn and Williams also having another really good season. Um, they're starting to break out. I'm really excited with C.J. Mosley. He looks energized. Um, uh, you know, he looks happy. He looks excited. You can tell these guys love playing for Salah, too. If you see some of the sideline shots, um, you know, they're going up to him. They're high-fiving him. They, they're really excited. Um, the, the other stat I wanted to share is through four games of the NFL season so far, um, team sack leaders, 
Number one, uh, Carolina Panthers, who just got even better uh, with a very nice uh, uh, pickup um, from the Patriots. Which Stephon Gilmore. I know. Great for a six-round pick. Amazing. Chicago Bears with 14. The Cleveland Browns with 14. And coming in at number four is the New York Jets with 13 team sacks. Nobody in their right mind would have picked, predicted this after Carl Lawson got hurt. It's just astounding to me. And then, you know, we mentioned the no-name quarterback crew. Um, you know, maybe maybe this is because he's having good drafts, Joe Douglas, right? I mean, we keep trashing him, including me. We're questioning his drafts. But um, guys like Bryce Hall, who is, is a really bright spot, uh, Neesman, Sherwood, Eccles. I mean, I've never heard of them. Um, they, they're looking really good. Um, we'll see if this continues, but uh, I was bitching all offseason. I, I wanted them to sign a quarterback, an offensive line. Offensive line still needs a lot of work, but um, it's looking really good. D-Man, um, thoughts on this cornerback, no-name cornerback crew? Uh, your thoughts? Do you agree with Pete? Do you agree that uh, the, you know this defense of no-name players um, uh, seems to be really you know playing hard for, for Salah? You know, I mentioned last week that I felt that the Jets' defense was flying and really moving to the ball. But what really amazed me about the Jets' defense, if you look at the stats, they got killed in the time of possession, the amount of plays. Tennessee had 93 plays to the Jets' 60. And, you know, I had talked about that. I thought Tennessee was going to wear the Jets out, especially with Henry running the ball 30-plus times. And they still – even exhausted, still were able to get seven sacks. Tennessee didn't uh, turn the ball over. Uh, I think one of the key stats was third down conversion. Tennessee was only five out of 19. They were two out of three on fourth down. But I think that hurt Tennessee. But, it, you know, Tennessee had more yards, no turnovers, and they lost despite the, the time of possession. Um, but this, def- this defense fights. I- I'm impressed by it, you know. And again, I am also surprised, like you are, that they were able to get seven sacks. Yeah. Um, I mean, that giant juju, you don't get seven sacks in in, in seven games. So, yeah. um, you know, it's pretty impressive. And, and again, I thought, you know, Zach Wilson, again, is, shows promise. Yeah, so let's uh, – great transition. Let's talk about the offense. Um, so, coming into the game, uh, I said this last week, and, and it's an obvious point here. You just wanted to see Zach Wilson improve. He's had a couple – of obviously really tough first few games of his NFL career. Uh, and he did just that. Now, again, granted, the Tennessee defense is not one of the best in the league, but you play who's on your schedule. Uh, they they were really – LaFleur actually got really creative with him. Uh, there was many misdirection plays. There was play action. They rolled him out right. They rolled him out left. Uh, they let him get creative. Um, it, I was really excited with the game plan. Uh, Zach Wilson, 21 of 34 for 297 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, which actually was the fault of Corey Davis, who slipped, um, and 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 uh, a QBR of 129.36, a really, really good game. And speaking of Corey Davis, uh, what you saw in SportsCenter, and, and I'm sure you guys, if you didn't watch it live, I'm sure you saw it later in the day, um, you know, a broken play. Uh, you, you think Zach Wilson is going to get sacked. You see him motion to Corey Davis to keep going, keep going. He plants his right foot in the ground and hauls, I mean, heaves, that's the word I'm looking for, heaves a 50-yard bomb 
that lands perfectly in the hands of Corey Davis. It was a beautiful ball. The, the, the announcers were going crazy. Um, that was a really exciting play. He also had m- multiple other throws uh, in tight windows. Um, I was really impressed. Yeah, he's still making mistakes, obviously. We talked about last week and the week before how no uh, rookie quarterbacks are looking good, just like that. Uh, we see uh, Zach Wilson look good. Trevor Lawrence look good. Mac Jones has a really good game. Justin um, Fields. Justin, Justin Fields. Justin Fields looking decent. So I'm really excited about Zach Wilson, how he looked. Um, Michael Carter uh, seems to have taken over the, um, you know, the 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 lead in in the in the backfield. Um, he looked shifty. Uh, he had a touchdown. They still only rushed for about 40 yards as a team, so they got to fix that, and that is certainly on on the offensive line. Um, but I, I love the play calling. They're, they're putting Zach Wilson and the, the offense in, in, in plays uh, that they can get chunks of yards. Um, they're not making it too complicated for him. And they're letting him be Zach Wilson. They, they got this guy for a reason. Uh, he's a bit of a gunslinger, uh, but he's got an unbelievable arm. And, and Pete, I'll turn over to you here. Um, what did you see out of Zach Wilson? Are you as excited about uh, what you saw, regardless of how bad Tennessee's defense is? I think it, I mean it goes back to what we were saying the last few weeks when everybody, especially Nemo, was really down on him. I mean he's a rookie quarterback. He didn't play against the greatest competition in the world. It's going to be a bumpy ride. But the D man said it the other last week. He's got an it factor about him. There's very few quarterbacks that can make the type of throw that he made to Corey Davis on that play. I mean you know everyone's raving about Daniel Jones and, and we'll get into that later. But Daniel Jones doesn't make that play. Very few quarterbacks. There's Mahomes, you know. There's Justin Herbert. There, there's Lamar Jackson. There's Kyler Murray. Those are the guys that make plays with their legs and still can throw the ball on the run. And that, and that's what, and that's the if factor that that Zach Wilson has. And it's going to be up to the Jets to continue to try and surround him with an offensive line and the right kind of receivers. I still don't think their receiving crew is strong. Corey Davis to me is still a number two. Um, they got to get the running game going. I mean, Michael Carter only was 2.9 yards per carry. Um, 15 of their 66 yards rushing was from Braxton Berrios on gimmick plays. Got to get the running game going. Only 2.6 yards per carry for the entire team. But, I mean, listen, you know, Zach, Zach Wilson is is a talented player. Uh, and, and what happens from here is going to be all on the Jets, surrounding with the right players, the right scheme, right offensive line. But, if I'm a Jet fan, and, and I've said this all along because, you know, I troll the Jets, but I'm a fan of Zach Wilson, and, 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 the, and that play is why. He can make something out of nothing, and there's very few quarterbacks in the NFL that can do that on a consistent basis. And, you know, like I said, there's him, there's Josh Allen. I forgot Josh Allen you could put in the mix there. But, uh, yeah, that was, uh, if I, you know, I don't care what defense he's playing against. That's still, that was still a great play, and uh, there was a lot of good things. 21-34, 297 yards. That, you know, that's a pretty good, uh, you know, amount of yards for 21 completion. So, as I said, kudos to Zach Wilson. And, and, and he seems like he's got the mindset for New York. That's half the battle. Doesn't seem like the criticism bothers him. And, Wait. you know, he, he, he is who he is. He, you know, I, I said it last week. Eli Manning threw four interceptions in, in one of his first starts. And it seems like Zach has that thing like, like Eli had, like, uh, like, 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 like Aaron Judge has. Um, like Julius Randle has the ability to just shut it all out and play. And, and that's half the battle when you play in New York. So kudos Abs- to Wilson. Absolutely. And a kid from, you know, um, from Utah who played at BYU, you'd think he'd come in here. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, the big most attention this kid got all his life probably was his hot mom. His hot mom, absolutely, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, D-Man, we'd love to hear a comment about his hot mom. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Um, so I think he's uh, a hot hot girlfriend too, but... He, he does have a hot girlfriend, but she, you're old enough to be her, her dad, so careful there, please. Yeah, never, never, never stops the D-Man. Never stops the D-Man. So, uh, and, I'll, you know, we'll talk about it in a little bit. I'll give you my pick for next, uh, this coming weekend, uh, uh, but, the but, end, but at the end, but, yeah, no, I'm not going to give the yeah. pick right now. I, I just wanted to end here and we can jump to the Giants. Yeah. Um, suddenly uh, the Jets are one and three with a very winnable game next week. Who knows? We could be talking next week about the Jets at two and three. But uh, before that, let's uh, let's move on to the Giants with D-Man. Well, let's, before before we get to the Jets, you know, before the D-Man, we let me just uh, play it back a little bit. The Giants were doing, you know, when the Jets were winning, the Giants were doing the same in stunning fashion. I mean, I, D-Man, where were you during that game? I'm texting D-Man. I, I have like 11 unanswered texts. He finally texted me back like midway through the fourth quarter and said he took a shower at halftime. <laughs> that is, you know, there's so many It wasn't mid-fourth quarter. It was mid-third quarter. There's so many things that I can go with that. Why take a shower at halftime? Because I had, I had, that's the only time I had, and I had to, to go somewhere after the game, so. Ah, D-Man had big plans after the game. Anyways. The giant, I, I, I needed I needed counsel from the D man. I didn't need to, I didn't want to go on the group text with Martucci. So, anyways, you know, but I was about to give up the game. It was the Joe Judge decided to punt on fourth and three from midfield, and the Giants were down 21-10. Thought the game was over, but I was wrong. Judge was right. Jason Garrett opened up the offense. Barkley looked pretty sequent. Barkley played pretty good. I gotta tell you, after the game, this wasn't talked about enough, but Kenny Galladay was very motivated by the D man calling him Galloway. <laughs> and, and he played like a madman, and and we got the and we got Kendarius Tony proving that he's just not a ra- he's not just a rapper. I mean, Kendarius Tony arrived, and it was great. However, you know, at the end of the day, it was Daniel Jones that was the difference, throwing for four hundred and two yards, and for one day, making Giant fans excited, they might have their quarterback of the future. Now, I set the stage for you, D man. Break it all down for us. Well, first, the first part of the game. It was same old Giants, three and out, three and out. Barkley running into a brick wall. Um, you know, the when they had the first real drive, you know, they missed a field goal. I mean, it looked like old same old Giants. Although the Saints were struggling to score, um, you know, seven, seven and a half time. And somehow the Giants offense woke up. I, I don't know what what happened. What was the big key? I mean, obviously that passed in the first half to Ross uh, for 52 yards. You know, the one thing that Ross, you know, gives them is that real speed burst that they're, that they lack. And he can always open up things, you know, for the other receivers go up in the middle for, you know, for Galladay or Tony, whoever. So I think he could be a big help, even as just more of a decoy when he's going deep, because you have to respect him. Hey, you know? I got a, I got a question for you. You were talking about, it's a, it's a, it's a, you were talking about the receivers. I, I felt, and I wrote this in my write-up on the Facebook page. I, I felt that Daniel Jones not only benefited from the play calling a little bit, but he benefited from Sterling. I hate to say it because he's a good player, but I think he benefited from Sterling Shepard not playing. I disagree um, with you. I think it has nothing to do with Shepard. I, I think it had a lot to do because he locks in on Shepard. And this forced well, him but it's not Shepard's to look other directions. I mean, may, I don't know. I mean, I don't, you know, you'd have to ask uh, Daniel Jones why he does that. But look, it still even took him a while to finally throw the ball to Galladay and Tony. 
And it seemed like that pass to Ross, you know, like finally throwing the ball deep. You know, they don't take – you can say a lot about Daniel Jones, but he's an accurate deep ball thrower. That might be now one listen, of his best skills. Daniel Jones has been awesome this year. There's only one part of him that has not played very well. It's the red zone. I got I got a stat for you, D-Man. Merker, this is going to shock you. Through four games, Daniel Jones has thrown for more passing yards than these quarterbacks. Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, and Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Pete, listen, listen, that is super impressive. And um, my son Max said this to me the other day. Uh, Daniel Jones has not been the issue with the Giants. He has had a, like D-Man said, he has looked very, very solid this year. He, to me, uh, depending on how the rest of the season plays out, of course, because anything can happen, uh, he has locked himself in as quarterback next year. I, I think he looks really good. He is not the issue. Um, I'm going to agree with Pete here about the Shepard comment, though. Uh, I think he locks into Shepard too much. It's obviously not Shepard's fault, but Pete's point was um, Daniel Jones benefited this last week from not having Shepard to lock into. He was throwing to other receivers. He was spreading the ball around. He got a deep ball to John Ross. Um, You know, I I, I could not agree more. I think that is exactly what happened. Uh, We'll see what happens when Shepard and Slayton are back if he regresses, but um, that that is a great point. I I just think the lineup with Ross and Galladay, on the outside, and Kadarius Tony in the slot is much more dangerous than what they were doing prior to the Slayton and Shepard injuries. Yep. Kadarius Tony, uh, it gives something that we've not seen with the Giants. I mean, he he converted that third and fifteen out of nothing. I mean, he had nothing, and they showed his shiftiness. And you know, another thing about Tony is that he gets three point seven yards of separation on his routes. No other Giant even comes close to that. So, like I said, it's not Sterling Shepard's fault, but I don't. I think. That they had a more dangerous alignment with the, with with Ross Galladay and and and, uh, and Tony and and Daniel Jones was not locking into Sterling Shepard. I think I, I I don't think there's a coincidence here. I really don't. Uh, and and you know, D man, we can disagree on it, but I mean, and and another thing about Daniel Jones this year is is the the emergence of Andrew Thomas. Um, that can't be ignored right now either. Andrew Thomas has played excellent football. I went back and watched tape. He pretty much stonewalled. Cameron Jordan, who's a very good player. And, and then I looked at it a little bit further, D-Man. I don't know if you know this, but Andrew Thomas is ranked the seventh best blocker right now by Pro Football's Focus pass protector in the NFL. Wow. That is a huge leap from last year. I mean, that's well, a lot of credit goes to Giants offensive line coach Rob said. First of all, Daniel Jones was not sacked one time in the game. When is the last time that happened? Yeah, and the Saints if it ever did. Defense. What's that? No, and the Saints have a good defense, and he's still. Oh, I know, I know, no. It was listen. The offensive line was very impressive, and you know, they, you know, in the second half, they seemed to be blocking better on the on the run. But again, the the thing about Jones, why he's not at that higher level this year, is because he's four out of fifteen in the red zone with no touchdown passes. The Giants the, still are the, struggling in the red zone. You know, I I don't put that on Jones. I mean, I watched that very closely. They the first series that they they had. Their red zone, the red zone play calling, and 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 this is, and we're going to talk about this a lot when they going in next week against Dallas. Oh, but that that little reverse to Ingram on second down, right? The reverse to Evan Ingram, the run up the middle. So they run up the middle on first down to Barkley. He gets nothing. Then they do an end around to Evan Ingram. They lose three yards, and what what what, what you know, and that leaves Jones in a third and whatever, and it's a t- it's, it's a tough situation. You know what what Garrett did very well was he put the Giants in play action, and that gave Jones a lot of opportunities. And we'll talk about this next week against Dallas because 
they, the field goals have to be touchdowns or they have no chance against Dallas. Like the Reds, I, I don't put it on Jones. The red zone play calling is terrible. No, uh, I, I agree with you closely. on that. Evan Ingram needs to be off the Jay should have cut him he, he, again. There's a play every game where he kills the Giants. Third and two, the ball hits him in the hands, he drops it. Are they going to do give that, do that play? It's got to be Tony getting the ball. I'm just saying. So, you know, on offense, and then, you know, we can't ignore Saquon Barkley. That was the best we've seen Saquon Barkley play in a few years. If he's continuing to improve, this this offense is going to be very difficult to stop. No, I trust me. I mean, it was it was really – it felt really good to see Barkley show his old self. Um, obviously, when he does that, he can make big plays like he did uh, with that reception and, and touchdown. Um, and I don't know. It, somehow the Giants woke up in the fourth quarter in the overtime. And it's funny, you know, during the overtime, I kept assuming they were going to settle for a field goal, but they just kept going and going, and they finally I, scored. Yeah, I mean, I finally – I mean, Merker, I say this a lot. I finally – Wanted to see Joe Judge play to win instead of playing not to lose, and that was yeah. that was that was that was good that he did that. And you know the defense was terrible though. We can't ignore that. The defense is very concerning to me. Um, you know Jabril, Jahil, whatever his name is, Peppers. His biggest contribution to the Giants was winning that coin toss uh, <laughs> in, in overtime. But the defense is really, you know I actually was very hard on Leonard Williams. I went back and looked at tape, and he's getting double and triple teamed, and he's still a factor. It's really Dexter Lawrence and whoever's playing the nose tackle. That's killing him. Because if I had to watch Taysen Hill run right up the middle one more time, I was gonna th- I was gonna jump out the window. I mean, he I, they couldn't even tackle him. That's why I'm shocked. Usually, when that type of stuff happens to the Giants, they spiral and they lose the game. They really miss Dalvin Tomlinson and now Blake Martinez. I mean, that's gonna be an issue for them the entire season now. Is 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 the run is the running running up the middle and, and things like that. Yeah, I, concerning. I agree. And, and I said this, I think a couple of weeks ago, I'm, it, it's amazing. It's like, um, you know, a sw- it's completely switched from last season where the defense looked really good. The offense did not look good. They seem to have, you know, have a, have a nice plan in place, uh, regardless of if you like uh, Jason Garrett or not, which I'm not a fan of, but he, he seems to be, pl- pl- you know, calling some better games here. Uh, the defense looks terrible. I, I was shocked by that. That's exactly what stuck out to me. I, it almost overshadowed uh, what Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley did on offense for me because, you know, you, this is a Joe Judge team, uh, hard-nosed, uh, you know, uh, Patrick Graham, obviously an up-and-coming defensive coordinator. Maybe he's not, um, but uh, I, I, d- I don't understand. I Injuries, I, I you know, Injuries are a factor, but every team has injuries. So I, I kind of throw that out the window there. Um, unless it's your your star, star players on defense, unless it's Aaron Donald on defense, um, every team has injuries. So uh, I don't know what's going on with the defense. I'm very excited for you guys about the offense. I think they're headed in the right direction. You'll get Shepard and Slayton back um, in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully they can figure out how to incorporate them. Uh, Saquon Barkley looks very good. And unfortunately I'm in my two fantasy leagues. I'm playing against him in both leagues. So I'm not excited about that. Uh, <laughs> he is due for a hundred yard, you know, two touchdown game. Um, I, I, he looks healthy. Um, you know, you guys still have tight end problems, obviously. Um, Engram's terrible. And I, I Kyle Rudolph, um, he's kind of not there. I, I don't know what's slow. going on with him. He's very slow, very slow. Good hands are very slow. But D-Man says it about the defense over and over again, and I don't think there's anything more intelligent than he says. Pass rush. The Giants have zero pass rush. Yeah. And they're not and they're not yeah. doing and they're not doing anything exotic to help it. I mean, they're counting yeah. on Olajari. Most of the time they're rushing four or five guys, and they're not getting outside of Olajari, there's not much of a pass rush. Leonard Williams isn't getting any real pass rush going. 
No, right. their, their pass rush is horrendous. Yeah. I mean, again, and, and it's We're funny. It's rare to see. I mean, it's rare to see an NFL game with no sacks, and that's what happened. But I'll tell you one thing that really concerned me about the Giants' defense, besides the lack of pass rush, um, is they can't stop the run. You know, no. Kamara had 120 yards, but not one run was beyond 10 yards, which to me shows that the defensive line is getting pushed back. Yeah, the Saints averaged 4.4 yards per carry, 39 carries for 170 yards. And it's not like they had a big run in that. There, yeah. No run Kamara, was more than 10 yards. No, you're right. Kamara and Taysom Hill, um, you know, average about five yards per carry. You're absolutely right. And going up against they, Dallas this week, they, they, they could run Emmett Smith and, and, and Tony Pollard 50 times against the Giants and not even they, worry. And now they made back Prescott. They we'll made that later. They made Taysom Hill look like Jim Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. But so, I mean, that, that, that's the story of the Giants. We'll take it. I thought they were going 0-10. So, 1-3 isn't a bad start. So, that's a good segue now into, into next week. And your New York Jets travel to London um, to play the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I can't, you know, I, I'm going to go first, believe it or not, because – um, I really can't believe I'm doing this, but I like the Jets in this game. I, I even liked them before it was reported that Calvin Ridley was not making the trip for personal reasons. Uh, rumor has it, according to Seth Kaplan, is that Calvin Ridley prefer, prefers Hershey bars to Cadbury, and that's why he's not. <laughs> Anyways, I, like I said, we, t- we talked before. I love the way Robert Sala is playing. Um, they have no mean guys like Quincy Williams making plays. The secondary is tough, and I couldn't even name one guy in that secondary. Or the only guy I can name is Hurt. Um, Zach is getting better and better each game, and now he's playing against a terrible Atlanta Falcons defense. So I, I you know, it's it's all there unless that field in London is not uh, cleaned up from all the soccer. But I, you know, I think I think Zach has a chance for a real good game here. I like the Jets 24-21 over the Falcons. I'm picking the Jets. I'm going all in on Gang Green this week, which probably bodes badly for them. But I'm going all in, 24-21. And, and I'll be honest, it wouldn't surprise me to score see the Jets score 34 points instead of 24. But I'm not there yet. Uh, D-Man, what do you think about this game? You know, I was kind of torn on the game, to be honest with you, until I heard that really was not playing. Um, I mean, I saw the Falcons. I was not impressed at all with them. And if the D-Man is not impressed, you know they're not a good team. Um, you know, unless uh, – you know, I mean, Patterson has been playing very well for him, uh, for them. But and, and I have Mike Davis on my fantasy team, so I know he's a waste. Although he scores somehow a touchdown every game somehow. But the Falcons don't have a good defense, and Wilson was successful against Tennessee, um, and should be successful against Atlanta. Unless you just said the field is in really bad shape. So I'm actually going to go go along with you, Pete. Um, which means I got to switch my pick on the. Um, oh wow. Picks that rich- Wow. Yeah, the Ridley, here he the goes, Ridley thing. Merker, here he goes again. Here he goes no, again. No, it's because of the Ridley injury. The Ridley injury. I, you knew about the Ridley I'm injury. Not the injury. That I, no, no, I didn't know until today. You made your picks today. Look, you made your picks at 522. No, I again. revised my picks. I'll tell you what, I, revi- I, I revised the Rams game. Merker, what do, what, think, what do you think, Merker? No, I believe D-Man. He's a uh, very honest guy. <laughs> so my score is Jets 27 and Falcons 24. I, they could score 30 points. He almost has my exact score. No, well, you said 24-21, I think. Right, so you probably had that and changed it. No, no. <laughs> I believe the D-man. You're being hard on him. Uh, nah, I, so, I, I, the D-man is the most honest guy I know. I believe him a little. So, uh, yeah. So, guess what? This is a trap game for the Jets. I, I, <laughs> There's no I such am, thing as a trap game for the Jets. 
that's well, why I, that, I know. That's why I said it. It's a joke. I mean, it, this is this is one of those games where they absolutely should win. They're three point underdogs, which is basically pick them, and that's obviously one of the reasons is they're in a neutral stadium. Uh, you know, no Ridley. Um, you know, Mike Davis is is slower than me in the backfield. Uh, Cordero Patterson, I think, is going to give the Jets actually a lot of trouble. He's he's an interesting player. He's playing really well. Um, you know, I think Zach is going to tear this, this defense up. Honestly, I don't think this is going to be close guys. I think the jets are winning this. I, I'm saying 24 to 10 jets. Wow. Wow. I actually do think that Pitts is going to have some success. Um, especially that Ridley's out. I just feel he's due like for a big game. Perhaps maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a good call because the jets do not cover the tight end very well. They have not done that for 25 years, literally, but yeah, I remember the game, Darren Waller, Darren Waller had oh, from last year. Crazy. Yeah. It's weird. I, I mean, you know, who knows with this new defense, we'll see, but it, this could be a Pitts game. You're right. Dina. I, I, I love it. The quote, the quote of this week's podcast is that this is a trap game. <laughs> I love I it. Want, it felt good to say it. Cause you know, obviously it. with the jets, they're so bad. There's no, there's no trap games at all, but you know, who knows? Maybe, they're, they're so excited about their one win that was their Super Bowl. Um, they come into Atlanta like, oh, we're going to beat these guys. They have no Calvin Ridley. And sure enough, uh, they, they might lose. But um, I, I, I'm joking. I think, they're, I think they, they win going away. I really feel momentum building here. This is actually a perfect opponent for them to play this week, you know, because Atlanta is not good. And, and I think we can build a little bit of momentum and, and be two and three. Nice. Very nice. Um, so we all three of us picked the Jets uh, a week ago. I don't think that was thought to be possible. So we're all following the uh, Josh Knopf formula of picking the Jets, and we'll get yeah. into why that, and we'll get into why why that is later. Um, at four twenty five p.m., the cow the Giants traveled a Big D to take to play Dallas. And for those of you curious, that means the D man should take a shower around five forty five at halftime <laughs> um, in the D man shower pool. Um, D-Man, since you uh, plagiarized me in the last game, I'll let you go first here on this game. Well, I mentioned last week that the game against the Cowboys was scaring me that we can get killed. Now, obviously, I wasn't expecting us to beat the Saints. But, you know, the Saints don't have the greatest offense. But the Cowboys have a lot of weapons, and Prescott is playing really, really well again. Uh, The Cowboys' offense is, you know – Picked up, you know, picked up where they were last year before Prescott got hurt. So if the Giants defense has any chance uh, or if they're going to wake up at any point and get back to where they were last year, this is the game. However, I don't think it's going to happen. The lack of pass rush, the Giant, uh, there's no way the Giants the defensive backs are going to be able to cover all those receivers. There's absolutely no way. The, the, the talent on the Dallas receivers compared to the Saints is like night and day. I do think offensively we'll continue to, to do well, pick up where we left off um, as far as scoring some touchdowns. I think Barkley will have a good day. I think Jones will play well again. Um, I, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the offensive line does. Dallas' defense has actually played better, probably the best they played in many years. Led, led by Micah Parsons, who the Giants did not yes. draft. Yes, exactly. Um, but – I, you know, realize I just can't imagine. I mean, the Giants would shock me if they won this game. And, and I would, if the Giants somehow win this game, I would truly believe in them. But I, I think Dallas is going to win 34 to 20. Okay. I'll go second here, Merker. 
Sure. We'll, let, we'll, we'll, we'll save best for last. But this, this is not a trap game for the Giants. Um, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, as I wrote on the Facebook page, the Giants for once grabbed the thrill of victory away from the agony of defeat last week. The offense played at a level that any Giant fan could only dream of. Um, and the offense is going to have to do that and then then some this week. They must score T. I said this earlier. They must score touchdowns. I hope they spent this week on their red zone offense because they must score touchdowns. If you see Graham Gano out there for field goals and it's six nothing in the first quarter, that's not going to be enough. Joe Judge has to be aggressive. He's got to continue to play to win and not to play not to lose. I keep saying that, but when but when I think of Joe Judge, that's what I think of. That all being said, and I do expect Daniel Jones to have some success in Dallas. I do expect Saquon to continue to build on his momentum, and and I and I, I do think the offensive line will struggle a little bit in this game, though. Um, and Jones, this could be the game where Jones makes a turnover or two. Um, but the Dallas offense is clicking on all cylinders, and I gotta be honest, just just to be arrogant, like Mike McCarthy is, he can decide he's gonna run Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard fifty times and only let Prescott throw like ten. Because that's how good the, the Cowboys' running game is, and and with Zach Martin and all these other guys healthy again, and you know, and he, I'm sure they watched watch what we watch. The Giants can't stop the run. They couldn't. They didn't stop Antonio Gibson. They didn't stop uh, uh, Melvin Gordon, and they're not going to stop Ezekiel Elliott. I like Dallas 38-27. Um, it might that might be even a little close, but uh, you know, I think Giants will be able to score. I think they'll stay in it a little bit early. Like I said, the thing to look out for, everybody is that if it's 6 nothing Giants in the first quarter, um, for whatever reason, that's a bad result. It has to be 14 nothing. They have to score touchdowns. Merck? Yeah, all great points by both of you guys. Um, you, we don't even have to focus on the Dallas offense. You're right. They're, they're clicking on all cylinders. Um, I think the Giants are going to have a, a, a world of trouble this weekend um, covering all those receivers. The, the offensive line is, is fantastic. Uh, I'm jealous, obviously, as Giants and Jets fans, our, our offensive lines are definitely not our strong spot of the team. Uh, but I, let's focus on Dallas's defense because that's what's been a laughing stock for years. Their defense has been terrible. Um, last year, um, they were 23rd in total yards allowed, 30th in passing touchdowns allowed, 30th in rushing yards per attempt allowed, and 31st in rushing first downs. Mike Nolan did a terrible job. Uh, in comes Dan Quinn. Um, Dan Quinn, who was a, a really solid head coach in Atlanta, and, and if it wasn't for Kyle Shanahan, horrible play calling, would have won a Super Bowl. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, he has changed this Dallas team around. Um, they, they had some cost savings. They let Jalen Smith go, which was a little bit of a surprise. But one of the reasons they did that was because their, their linebacking core is so deep. Uh, their corners are playing really well. Uh, they bring in Keanu Neal and Billy Cooker. Uh, J. Ron Curse, um, DeMonte Kazee, I think is how you say his name in free agency. They also were really heavy on defense in the draft. The defense looks really good, and I think they're going to give Daniel Jones all kind of trouble. I think it's a, a two-interception game, actually. Um, I, I just don't see the Giants being able to travel to Dallas. It's a, it's a NFC East game. It's going to be tough. Cowboys are going to be up for it. They're looking to go 4-1 and one here. Um, I think the Cowboys win 31-17. to 17. Yeah, I mean, let's listen. You know, we're, all of us are not going out on the limb here. I mean, this is a you know a tough spot for the Giants. Maybe if the game was in Giants Stadium, we feel a little bit differently about it. But um, the game being uh, in Dallas g- gives Giants very little chance, in my opinion. So um, 
we got three picks for the Jets and three picks against the Giants. We'll be back here next week. We were all wrong last week. Not one of us took a chance on either team, and they proved us wrong. I mean, the one thing the NFL has shown us this year is they expect the unexpected because it's been a very strange season. So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, since both teams won, we put a delay on the tankathon, but I know everyone's still curious. Believe it or not, Merck, if the Jets' uh, season ended today, the Jets would still pick third on their, Sweet. Own, on their own pick and then 14th uh, with the Seattle pick, while the Giants would have the 10th pick with their own pick and the 16th pick um, uh, from the Bears. Uh, only two, we're down to two, two winless teams in, uh, with Jacksonville and Detroit, and I would say one of those two teams are probably the favorite right now for the uh, first pick next year, so uh, keep that in mind. So we will continue to monitor the tank tankathon. I mean, I think the Giants will move back up next week. Hopefully the Bears will start losing some games. Uh, uh, to help the Giants with that second first-round pick. Um, in the Big Blue Saloon Pick'em Challenge, the winner this week was Josh Knopf. He's the first non-college student to win. Hmm. So I'm finally happy to not be uh, helping the youth of America buy, have money for alcohol. Um, he had 14 of 16 games correct. It's pretty, wow. pretty, good, pretty damn good. Um, and then afterwards, he was very bold in saying that this is the birth of Knopf Nation. Uh, <laughs> with his brother Brett and his sister Lindsay, who are also in the pool. Um, and he, he, they're ready to take on Narlinger Nation. But they got a long way to go because on a year-to-day basis, we got Al North in first place. He's part of Narlinger Nation. We got Matt Narlinger and Josh Knopf tied for second place. So if you think I'm making this stuff up, uh, it is a battle here. And then in third place, you got Sam Ryder, Ryan Levine, who's part of Narlinger Nation, and myself. I'm actually tied in third place. You guys not doing so well. I got a five-game lead over the D-man and a six-game lead over you, Merker. Yeah. Remember, uh, loser leaves town. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> – I, I might be leaving. Yeah, it's it's amazing how hard this is to me. I, I look at those games, and I feel good about my picks. And, you know, I, admittedly, I'm not spending a ton of time researching anything, but um, I have been so off this year. I cannot get anything right. It's been tough. I mean – you know, I, I'm I've in in the, in the four plus seven twenty one weeks that we've been doing this. I have never once been in the running on Monday night. Not once. Yeah. Not once. Crazy. I, I I have not been in the running. I mean, the D man has been in the running, and the D man's daughter's been in the running. But um, it's tough. Wrong direction. I've been yeah. brutal. I mean, and of course, I picked uh, Tennessee in the suicide uh, pool last week, and I lost that one. So and, and, and you lost to me in fantasy too. Yeah, but I knew that with McCaffrey being out, it was over. That's why I told you. Even if McCaffrey played, I would have beaten you this week. Yeah, that's true. My team's just stunk. Yeah. I'll probably lose again this week, too. Yeah, we'll see. He might play McCaffrey. Yeah, no, I saw that. Yeah. Anyways, uh, you know, it's uh, like I said, there's 36 people in it this season, and I I feel like everybody enjoys it. Um, You know, for anyone who enjoys my humor, those emails definitely, uh, there's a narrative that's being drawn, and the one that has. emerged as Narlinger Nation is dominating. And again, Matt hasn't won, so you know he's in there. He's pissed off. You don't want to see Al's name ahead of him. He doesn't want, you know, like I said last time, Merker, and you know him well, he's not the type of guy, even though he's the leader of this faction, that's rooting on his disciples. No, Matt is as competitive as they come. Every sport I've ever seen him play, uh, fantasy football, fantasy basketball, he wants to win, and that's why I love him, because he, he goes yeah. for gold. He will uh, he will sell his family down the river as long as he can win. Yeah, I, and he'll yell at himself. He will yell at himself, Maddie. Come on, Maddie. Yeah. Anyways, uh, 
the Big Blue Saloon Facebook page, Merker is the only one that's uh, doing anything. He's added two more people. We're up to 187. Um, so uh, still, you know, like I said, you know, there's some good stuff going on in the page. Uh, you know, we announced that Daniel Jones was the NFC player of the week on the page, um, which was met with a lot of humor from Neil Martucci, who brought up the whole Hey Bear versus A Bear skit from Seinfeld, which I remember, which was very funny. I don't know if you guys remember that. I don't know if you guys were Seinfeld fans, but uh, there was a great scene where George Costanza was on a date and he was trying to explain why Bobby A Bear was A Bear, even though it was spelled Herbert. It was, a, it, was, it, was, it was an absolutely great scene in the middle of Seinfeld. He's literally on a date with somebody who looks like they never watched a sport in their life. And, uh, and it, was, it was a classic show that's actually coming now to Comedy Central. So you could probably watch it almost every hour, like you'd want to watch The Office right now. Anyways, um, before we uh, move on, any last thoughts? We'll start with you, Merck. Yeah, just um, like last week, uh, NBA season is here, guys. It, it is uh, unfortunately, D-Man won't see a single Knicks game, but uh, I will. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm excited. The first uh, preseason game for the Knicks um, to see Kemba Walker in the backcourt, uh, Obi Toppin looking really good. Um, I'm re- this team is deep, really, really deep, and uh, I'm excited. They they look like they love playing with each other too. They, they're they excited to be in New York. It's been years since players have really actually wanted to play in New York. Uh, and I, I can't wait for it to start. So that's my final thought. I love football, uh, but my first love is basketball. And I, I'm really stoked about the Knicks this year. Yeah. I mean, listen, uh, they look good in that first preseason game. You can just call it a preseason game all you want, but um, Julius Randle, you know, RJ Barrett looked better. Yeah, smoother. I mean, yeah, Obi Toppin is going to be an interesting one this season because I'm not sure how they're going to keep him on the bench. I agree. He's, he's like a poor man. He's building into a poor man's Amari Stoudemire right before your eyes. And yeah, you know, we'll see. D man. Well, I'm also looking forward to uh, NBA basketball as we have our uh, fantasy draft a week from Sundays. So I have to start uh, doing some research or something. D man's um, defending champ. Did I win last year? I can't remember. You tied. You tied. I tied. That's right. I tied. That's right. Brian Zerlin from winning for the third straight year. Second. Yes. Year. Yes. Now that's right. Um, I still feel that RJ Barrett is the key, whether or not the Knicks can really take that next uh, level. But uh, definitely, they're they're going to be a solid team and, and make the playoffs. And you know, again, we went so many years without making a playoffs, so it, it's going to be nice to, you know, have you know. Actually, be two good teams in New York with, with obviously Brooklyn doing well. Um, you know, football wise, you know, I was really down after uh, the loss to um, um, Atlanta, and um, it felt good to, to beat the Saints. Now, the reality is, I'm going to probably be down again after this game against Dallas. But uh, you know, like last week, any given Sunday, you never know. Um, so let's, let's hope it continues like that. And somehow the Giants shocked the world again and beat Dallas. I definitely uh, think the Jets have a better chance of winning than we do. So, Not not loving this week's matchup against the Cowboys, but like you said, anything could happen. Um, I mean, Merck, D-Man brings up a good point. Have you ever seen a player that's, that's um, I don't know, under? I'm going to call it under underrated or hard on as much as R.J. Barrett? He's 21 years old. He averaged 18 points a game last year. And, you know, he doesn't get one vote for anything in the GM poll. The Knicks didn't get any votes to, to be at, you know, to, to avoid the playing game. I think this stuff motivates them. Ooh, I was just going to say that he looks motivated. He was pissed off last year. You see his face. He looks determined. 
Um, he cares obviously about these awards, but I, I almost be honest with you. I'm, ex- I'm happy he didn't get it because again, it, it lights a fire under his ass. He wants to be the best. Uh, he plays hard every single second he's in the game. His, his shots improving. Uh, I think he's going to take a big step this year. And, and, especially with a with a, a really accomplished point guard like Kemba Walker who will get the ball in his hands at the right spots. Uh, I think he's going to have a great a great season this year. Yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's not he's, a good shooter, though. He's shooting he's improved. improved. He's improved. He was over yeah. 40% from three-point range. He's got to improve his mid-range game to take that next step. And I think he will. He works hard, like you said. Um, and he's another guy. The, no, the New York shit doesn't bother him. And at and, and the end of the day, Five, three, four years from now, he's going to be bringing his buddy Zion Williamson here. That's my. That's I. I, I know it's always a, uh, a, a you know, goal seeking with the Knicks with the superstars, but I, I think that one is a is, is is almost a fait accompli at some point. That'd that's be nice. A, that Zion's going to join RJ here. Um. Anyways, my last thoughts. I'm going to announce uh, that we're going to have a couple of guests over the next few weeks. Not sure exactly when. Hopefully next week. Um. The great Ian O'Connor, who writes for the New York Post, was with us last year. He promised me that he would be here when the Nick Yankee season ended, and it ended pretty quickly the other day. So Ian hopefully will be joining us in the next few weeks. We're also going to have the the former Giants Super Bowl center Bart Oates is going to join us at some point over the next few weeks as well. So uh, we're going to start picking up the game a little bit here uh, on the Big Blue Saloon podcast as our hopefully our popularity will continue to grow along with the ED man's anger. Um, it, seems <laughs> a, it seems to be a popular thing. So. Um, I know we'll I know we'll enjoy having the great Ian O'Connor on, right, Mercury? The guy he you know he writes for the New York Post now. Um, he, he could talk Giants every time I text with him. He's either at a Giant game, a Jet game, a Yankee game, a Nick game. Uh, he lives the life that we all wanted to live. Yeah, Ian's Absolutely. a great guy. Ian's a great guy. He's a fellow uh, River Valley resident. Um, Pete and I also played in uh, men's basketball league with him. One of the toughest players we played against. Uh, fantastic writer. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, I mean, we had him on last time, and he was he was he was he was he was really amazing. And like I said, he, you know, he, we're going to talk Giants Jets with him. He has a lot of insight into actually into the Giants and the Jets. He, he's very, you know, he he has he's interviewed the Maras. Uh, I'm going to ask him all kinds of questions about that. I'm sure we'll get into the Knicks. Um, we'll avoid baseball for now. Um, I'm, I I got. I mean, just one last thing on that was uh, the Yankees. The way they lost in that playoff game to Boston was a complete microcosm of their season. Uh, it was almost like thank you. Is watching every Yankee game is like going to the dentist. Yeah. So, well, anyways, you can always be a Met fan. That's worse. Oh, we, we won't even get there. I mean, <laughs> New York sports continues to uh, disappoint. That's for sure. Anyways, it's all closing time at the saloon. You can't go. You can't, you can't stay here, but you don't have to go home. We'll be back next week. For Brett Merker and the D-Man, I'm Peter Storm.